ready to preach this morning. I don't know if you're ready to listen, but I'm ready to preach. <laughs> All right. So, Father God, we're just so thankful for you, who you are. God, in your presence and, um, God, how you speak to us. God, you give us life. You give us life to the full. God, we chase after that this morning. We know that uh, you're a good father. You give good gifts, Lord. And we want to hear from you this morning. So speak to us. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. So who's in the mood to help me this morning have some church? <laughs> okay, it's a great honor to have you with uh, me this morning. I'm so excited. My, my wife and my girls are coming back uh, to, to Rapid City tomorrow. They're in Denver hanging out with some family and friends uh, today on the long drive back. And, uh, man, they've had just an incredible, incredible trip. I, I have, you know, the, the funny thing about um, my two teenage daughters is that um, in many ways, they are still like little kids. Of course, to me, because I'm their father. But they're, I, I kid you not, they're probably the most picky eaters. Of course, I have, again, I have, how many kids do I have? <laughs> I have a lot of kids. I have seven kids, I think. And, and I, I think these two might be the hardest ones um, to, to feed. And so we prayed for a lot of things over the trip, but we just prayed that they would eat. <laughs> I mean, they, when I went to my first missions trip, I was in junior high, and I can remember, I, I guess I must have, they must have inherited my genes because I remember surviving on a pound bag of Skittles when I, when I went down uh, for, my, for my first trip. And every, every plate they served, of course, you know, uh, down in Central America, there's a huge plate of rice, and I just did not do rice. So it, I went back to my room and I ate some Skittles after every meal. <laughs> so I, I was very thankful that they ate well. Uh, Deanna was the cook for most, of, for most of the trip in the evening, so that probably played into it just a little bit. But I'm excited they're going to be back home after being gone for two weeks. And so um, I, there will be celebration happening out in Somerset tomorrow. Um, so how many of you, uh, you were here last week and you were stirring up your gift, your seed this week? Yeah. So God made us out of dirt, he planted a seed in us, and he's an amazing gardener. That's what we were talking about last week, but it's our, fan, it's our job to fan the flame, it's our job to stir it up. And so that's, what we were, that's where we were last week, and next week, if you're planning on being here, um, let me tell you what we're going to do, we're going to start a brand new message series called Worthy. And I don't think I've ever done this, I've been um, in uh, ministry for 18 years, again, I've, I've been a youth pastor. And so there's, there's different methods you use when talking to, to junior hires and, and senior hires. I don't think I've ever just gone, I, I, I typically would do a topical message. I don't know if I've ever just gone through a whole book of the Bible. And I'm, I want to land uh, for the next few messages after this in Ephesians in a series they're going to call Worthy. And so I'm excited about that. But the, the big idea behind the series is that partakers become proclaimers. Because you can't just partake of who God is, but you taste and see that the Lord is good, and it changes you, right? And then the most natural thing you do is you, you worship God who's worthy. And so we're made to worship the things that have value, and God is the most valuable thing. He's worthy. So that's what's, that's what's happening next week. And today, what I want to do is I just want to tell you that we're going to be in Psalm 92, if you want to turn there. And I want to make you a promise. I know preachers make promises, but uh, for some of you, if you apply what you hear today, years from now, and you'll look back at this moment and you say, this, this is, 
that was when God started something very special in my life. I believe it could be the case today. It's not an overstatement. That's a promise. And the scripture is full of promises that God is faithful to respond to, right? So if you apply what we're going to talk about today, I really believe it could change us. So let's start. I'm going to tell you a story, a story um, that a lot of us in ministry would be able to tell as well. It's a common story, I think. And I meet people regularly, and maybe this is especially where I just came from. Um, we were a part of a, uh, I guess you'd call it a sister church, Pine Valley Foursquare Church, um, that I've been serving in the associate pastor role down there in a little town of Bayfield. Bayfield is a population of 1,800. And the church is about the same size as Destiny, um, with the biggest difference being the population of Bayfield. And so is, we, had a, we had a really huge um, thumbprint in, in Bayfield. It was a great uh, church family. We love our church family there. But let's, let's say, I, I'm, I'm going to, let's say, we'll give this guy a name. I'll call him uh, Matt, okay? And I meet Matt at the grocery store, and I see Matt and his family in the aisle, okay? And they're really excited. Pastor Sean, we go to Pine Valley. We go to Pine Valley Church. And, and, and Matt's wife is like, we go to church. And the boys are jumping up and down like, we go to church too. And, and, and I respond, I'm glad you go to our church. And as they come up, they're just saying, we go to church, we go to church. We go. They're so excited to tell me that they go to church, right? And they just kind of keep saying that over and over and over again. Go to church. Everybody say with me, go to church. Okay? And so I go to church. It's kind of like I go to the movies or I go to a game. Or I go to a show. I go to church. And so I'm talking to Matt, and he's excited, and he goes to church. And so he takes me aside a few minutes later, and he gets real honest. And he says, would you mind praying for me? And, of course, I'm, I'd love to pray for you, yes. So Matt has a laundry list of prayer requests. Typically, you know, you, you have somebody ask a prayer. They kind of have one thing. But he starts down this list, and he says, you know, would you pray for my marriage? Man, things, things we're kind of struggling. And while you're at it, would you pray for my oldest son? I'm afraid he's smoking something that he shouldn't be smoking in Colorado. And I probably shouldn't have uh, brought the, bought that boat. I'm feeling financial pressure right now. And, and I don't like my job. And, you know, it keeps on going on. And, and honestly, my job's on the line, and I don't even really like my job. And, and, and so would you pray for me? And it's okay, like, let me get out my notebook and start taking notes, right? And, and then I'll pray for him. But I realize that this is more of a conversation than a prayer. And so I say to, to Matt, look, before we pray, uh, can I ask you a few questions? You, you go to our church. Do you, do you have some relationship with others in our church family that, you know, you have a solid um, relationship with that we can get to agree with you on some stuff? And, you know, I, I want to make sure that we have some follow-up. And so... Matt says, well, I, I really, I don't know. And, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, are you plugged in a small group? You have a Wednesday class that you, we've got big programs on Wednesday night, jumping in with the men's Bible. He says, well, no. And, and then I say, well, do you, do you serve on any of our teams? He says, no. So just curious, Matt, when was the last time you've been to, to Pine Valley? He says, well, probably Easter, right? And, and so that's when my strategy of how to minister to someone like our friend Matt changes. And I pray for him, and, I, and we talk for a while, but then I tell him something that he probably isn't expecting to hear. It's the very same thing that I'm going to share this, to some of you this morning. And I want to tell him, Matt, maybe you need to stop going to church. Maybe you need to stop going to church. 
Because what I wanted Matt to see is the very same thing that um, some of us need to see. God's highest calling as a follower of Christ was never to go to church. It's not to go to a building. God's highest calling isn't to go to a destination, but to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so not to go to church, but to be planted in a church. A light shining in the dark world. So God's highest calling was never to go to a building, but to be planted in the house of God and then sent out into the world. So maybe instead of going to church, it's time instead to be planted in the house of God. So where does that language come from? If you have your Bibles open, we're in Psalm 92 and verse 12. It says, the righteous will do what? Say it aloud with me. The righteous will flourish. Say it again. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. So let's talk about this for a minute. They're going to grow like a palm tree and like a cedar, and they're going to flourish. Okay? What does the word flourish mean? The word flourish isn't a word that we use a lot in everyday language. At least I don't. I don't, I don't, if you come up to me and say, hey, Sean, how you doing? I don't say, well, well, actually, to be honest, I'm, I'm really flourishing right now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't think any of you went up to the guy at the gym, just try it for fun, and, hey, man, you've got some gains, you're so flourishing, because <laughs> you know, that is not what you typically say, and if you did, you might not have a workout partner after that, but flourishing isn't a word that we often use, but it's a really great image of what happens when you're planted. And so what does flourishing mean? It means thriving. It means growing. It means prospering. It means being a blessing. It means having spiritual growth. So, so when you're righteous, when you're planted, you are thriving. You are prospering. And then the psalmist compares it to two trees like the cedar and the palm. So the cedar tree, cedar trees are known for their durability. They were known for, for being pleasant to look at and also pleasing to smell. For example, when, when Solomon built his temple, he made the columns, the posts, and the beans, um, and the roof out of cedar because his building was designed to last for centuries. Cedar is durable. If you have a cedar chest, it's attractive and it smells good. So we're being compared to flourishing like cedar that's durable and strong and lasting, and also like a palm. The palm branch is symbolic of triumph and victory, right? So we're, we're flourishing, we're triumphant, we're victorious. In the Corinthian Olympic Games, when someone would win the games, they would present it with a palm branch. That was, a, that was a congratulations, you're the champion, here you go. It was the gold medal. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, it was known as the triumphal entry. Here comes the king, let's wave the palm branches. So they, they waved the branches at him. The righteous, it says, will flourish. How you doing? Bro, I'm flourishing. <laughs> I'm growing. I'm blessed. I'm strong. I'm stable. I'm pleasing to be around. Maybe I even smell good. <laughs> Both trees are evergreens, lasting all year long. There's life. There's strength. There's victory. There's fruit. How you doing? I'm flourishing. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm prosperous. I'm growing. The word that God gave us this morning, I'm, I'm living life to the full, an abundant life. The righteous will, say it aloud with me, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Who will flourish? It's 
Scripture says those who are planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Notice Scripture doesn't say those who are going to church will flourish. It says those who are planted. Maybe underline, circle that word. In the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. I love the imagery. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. That's encouraging to some of us, right, as every year passes by. They're going to proclaim the Lord is upright and he is my rock. So those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they're flourishing, they're blessed, they're prospering, they're connected, they're emotionally engaged, they're making a difference, they're fulfilled, they're flourishing. So we have that seed, and that seed is in us, that treasure that's been given to us, so what we do with that seed, right? Unfortunately, for some of us, we wouldn't use the word flourishing to talk about our spiritual life. Instead, we're saying things like, instead of saying things like, I'm spiritually flourishing, you might say, well, honestly, I'm spiritually dry, right? And instead of saying, I'm thriving emotionally, some would say, I'm emotionally withering. Instead of saying, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm connected relationally, some of us would say, I'm relationally barren. Instead of saying, I'm prospering with breathing room to be a blessing, so many would say, financially, I'm hurting and I'm restrained. And instead of saying, you know, I'm fulfilled spiritually, making a difference and full of joy, too many people are saying, well, I'm still searching and reaching and longing for and hoping for that thing. You know, that, that something, that, that relationship, that job, whatever it is, that I don't have that would fulfill that missing thing that's inside of me. So I go to church, but I'm not flourishing. Those who are planted are those who flourish. So what do we need to recognize? We need to recognize, first of all, that our life is a seed. God has planted a seed in us. He's given us that treasure. As Paul was talking to Timothy um, from the scripture last week, you have a treasure inside of you. And what does that mean? That means your seed has tremendous potential. Your seed has tremendous potential. A seed that has the potential to grow, to thrive, to multiply, to produce fruit to be a blessing to others, but a seed that's not planted has the potential to what? To, to lie dormant, to, to be unproductive, to be unfruitful and dissatisfied. Your life is a seed. So let's share a couple principles about planting in the seed. The first one is this. What do we know about a seed? A seed can grow, first blank on your notes, a seed can only grow if it's planted. A seed can only grow if it's planted. Who flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. So, in fact, Jesus tells a really powerful story, the parable in Matthew's gospel. In Matthew 13, he was talking about a farmer, and he uses the word sower, a word that his contemporaries would have understood, and he said the sower went out to sow or to plant some seed. And the sower threw out the seed, and some of the seed fell on the path on hard ground, and since that seed could never take root, birds came along and they stole the seed. The seed never reached its potential. Some seeds fell in the shallow soil and so it spurted up, but because the roots never grow deep, whenever the sun beamed down, it withered up and it died immediately. And then some started to grow, but then some other plants and other thorns choked out the life of that little emerging plant. And Jesus said it was the worries and the concerns of, the, of, of this life. So do you see the metaphor? You know, some people, they have the potential, but they never go anywhere. <laughs> 
Some start to grow, but then they fade away. Some start to thrive spiritually, but then the worries and the concerns and the bills and the struggles of life choke out the spiritual growth. But then Jesus said, a seed that falls on good soil, it multiplies. It multiplies 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. The one seed becomes this massive blessing because it was planted in good soil. (laughs) Who is it that flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. A seed can only grow if it's planted. So second thing we want to understand is this, that going to church isn't the same thing as being planted. Going to church isn't the same thing as being planted. There's a real difference, and you can even hear it in the language. For example, some of you, if you go to church, maybe you've said something like this. Maybe I've said something like this. Hey, honey, are we going to church today? Oh, I'm kind of thinking, it's, it's, it's busy this weekend. We've got a lot going on. There's a game. We're kind of tired. And, you know, maybe we can go to that restaurant that we really like. And, you know, the kids. Oh, the kids. And I'm not sure what we're going to do. Blame it on the kids. Or it's, are we going to go to church? And listen, when you're planted... It's not even a question because church isn't a destination to which you attend. The church is a posture. It's who you are. We don't ask ourselves, are we going to church? It's not even really a question because we're never going to say, are we going to go to church? Because we are the church. (laughs) We're worshiping God. It's not a destination. It's an identity inside of us. And so just like I never ever say, hey, kids, you think we ought to eat today? (laughs) You guys want to eat? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) we going to eat, not going to eat, you know, I'm thinking about it. Or, you know, do you guys want to breathe oxygen? Are you in the mood for some oxygen today? It's kind of like with Deanna, my wife. Hey, you want to kiss today? Not feeling it, you know. <laughs> I don't, we don't do that. You know, another thing to take note of, even the Greek word translated as church has this great meaning. There's the word ecclesia. And what ecclesia means, it, it means really two things. It means both gathering and or assembly. And in, in other words, if you listen, um, you know, to a preacher's podcast, that's good. And I recommend you do that. Um, but that's not the same as being planted in the house. In the same way, I don't want to have a relational connection with my kids that, you know, I listen to a voice message that I send them. I want them to be assembled in my house, right? And I love my family gathered together. It's the assembly and it's the gathering. So, but the word ecclesia Ek means out, and klesia comes from the word kaleo, which means called. So it literally means the called out ones. So in other words, we gather together to be unified. We gather together to honor our God. We gather together to corporately hear the word of God, and we gather together to use our gifts. Because we're strengthened. It's not what happens inside the church, it's that we are the church and God calls us to be that, that presence in this world, his, his hands and feet, right? So when we're planted, we're not just spiritual consumers. The church does not exist for us, but when we're followers of Christ, we realize that we're the church and we exist for the world. I've heard Pastor Brent say it before, it's us for them. It's us for them. There's a massive difference between going to a building and being plugged into a calling and a movement and a mission. We're planted in the house of God. And so let me give you two scenarios. This happens. 
Let's take a look at person A and person B, and I, I want you to look at yourself as I'm, as I'm kind of sharing these scenarios. Which one am I? Person A goes to church, and their version of the story is like, oh, I came, and I, oh, I didn't expect that. That there was a song, and oh, that song just spoke to me, and the message was just like it was just for me, or this person was just so nice, and they loved me, and I, I felt so guilty, but then I feel, felt loved and accepted, and, and some version of I, I, I felt empty on the inside, and I recognized I had a spiritual need, and so I called on Jesus, and my life was changed, Okay? Then what doesn't happen in person A's life is they never ever really get connected with a body of believers. And they really, really never take on the mission for themselves. They still go to church, but they kind of watch worship. And there's, there's no giving. There's no contribution. There's no real uh, giving. There's no real serving. There's no real emotion behind it. But we're still going to church, Right? Three years later, what you'll see almost every time, they'll be there for Easter. They'll be there for some big events, most likely when there's free food. <laughs> but, they're, but, what, but what happens? You know, when Matt's marriage is suffering and the kids are maybe struggling and they shouldn't have bought the boat and they don't really like their job and they don't really like their house. In other words, the stuff that happens and they're not flourishing, so they're saved, yeah, but they're not flourishing. So same picture, scenario B, person B goes to church. Their version of the story is, very similar, the message speaks to me, that song, that person, whatever it was that God did to meet them in the service, and God answers a prayer, and they say, I need Jesus, and he meets them. But then instead of not connecting, person B develops some relationships, and they, they kind of plant themselves into the body of Christ, and someone else is praying for them. And maybe they're praying for someone else, and they recognize that God has given them gifts. So God put a seed in them, and they start stirring it up. Instead of just going to church, they use their gifts in the church and outside of the church. And suddenly the church isn't a destination that they attend, but it's an identity that they embrace. You know, I'm part of the family of God. And then the roots grow deeper, and suddenly life may not be perfect. The marriage, you know, might be struggling. It's not always great, but when the storms come, the tree can withstand storms because the roots are deep. And we stay connected. So there's a big difference between going to a building and being planted in the house of God. What happens when you're planted? Let me give you two things. Number one, when you're planted, your roots grow deep. Your roots grow deep. Look at Jeremiah 17, 8. It says they're like trees that are what? Somebody help me out. They're like trees that are planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. So when the roots grow deep, what happens? Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. It's interesting, the language there. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. I wonder how many of you right now, you have some heat in your life right now. There's some spiritual heat. There's some trials. I wonder how many of you, on the other hand, would say, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a drought right now. But when the roots grow deep, they're not bothered. I'm not bothered by the heat. I'm not bothered by the drought because I'm connected to a source that's way greater than I that never runs dry. It's greater than any of the problems that are happening on the surface because the roots are deep. In fact, if you do some research on roots and look up redwood trees, here's what you'll find out. It's pretty fascinating. 
ever, how many of you have been, been to California, you've seen them, you've tried to put your arms around them? <laughs> These redwood trees are the tallest living things on planet Earth. They can literally grow to be 30 stories high, and they can be three stories wide. So how in the world does a tree grow 30 stories high? Their roots grow really, really deep. And the root system can go out, out about 100 feet, up to, uh, up to about 150 down and parallel. And so what happens is you've got this 30-story high tree with roots going way, 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 way down. And then on another side, you've got another tree that's connected with it. And the, the, their roots go way, 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 way down. And then what happens is their roots actually intertwine. You have that graphic, that next one? They, they, they actually kind of like hold hands, and they, they, they get rooted together, if, you, if I can use that language. And beneath the ground where nobody sees there, there's a support system that sustains the strength and the growth above the ground. And so not only are their roots deep, but they're holding on to each other. Isn't that good? Yeah. This is why we need the body of Christ. Let me tell you something. You weren't wired to do this walk with Christ alone. We need each other. Here's, here's what I can promise you. I promise you'll face opposition. You're probably going to face trial. You'll have a struggle. You'll have a setback. You'll interact with a crazy person. And if you don't have a crazy person, I've got a few that you can borrow. Um, but you will, face, you will face some sort of opposition. And if you face it alone, you're more vulnerable. I'm more vulnerable. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think the devil minds at all if we just go to church. I think Satan, uh, he doesn't mind at all. He wants you to think that we shouldn't be planted because he's our spiritual enemy and he wants us to be isolated so that when we're cut off, we have nothing to hold us when the, when the storms come, right? Because when you're isolated, you're vulnerable. So we, we need the family of God. I need you I cannot, I can't tell you what our church family has meant to us, you know, over the years, praying for us and caring for us and loving us. Um, just, just a recent example, you know, down, down in, in Bayfield where we just relocated from, we absolutely love the spiritual family that, that God had deposited, you know, us um, in down there. And for, for my girls, when we, uh, you know, started talking about this, we, we had the conversation with them because we wanted them to be praying with us, you know, about uh, this potential move. And, and you know, when, when you do some things as a family, we just believe that we need to be praying together and agreeing together. And so let me tell you something about teenagers. Relationships are their world. <laughs> and so we had, we had really deep roots in, in Bayfield. And so this, this was something that they really prayed through with us, and we, they're, they're excited to be here, but it was some emotional struggle, let me tell you, for two teenage girls, and so there was some um, weeping that was happening, and some tears, and, and Kella, Kella's an introvert like me, and, and you know, every, everywhere we've gone, we've, we've, we've prayed for her to have that one friend, because that's all that matters to some of us, right, you have that one strong friend and that one relationship, then you're set, you're good, um, and, and she, she had like eight in Bayfield, and so there, she was feeling that loss, you know, so she, and, and Bella, she's a social butterfly, um, she has friends wherever she goes, so they were feeling that loss, and I, and I just can't tell you how much it meant to us 
there, there, was, there were a few more tears than usual for a season. And, um, but guess what? They, we as a family were able to be strong and blessed and encouraged because of our roots and where we were at. And their, their youth pastor was such a support and even the whole staff. In fact, I, I got a text. This is pretty cool. I didn't tell you this, Brent. I got a text yesterday from our worship pastor down there. And she said, we as a staff want to continue to pray for you over the next few months. Can you send us some prayer requests? And so every Tuesday when they have their staff meeting, they're going to be praying for our family. And so that's, that's a root system. We're being supported by their roots, and I know we're going to have that here. And now, you know, so we're, we're going to be supported by your roots. We need each other. Your, your roots grow deep when you're planted. Second thing about being planted, roots produce fruit. They grow deep, and they produce fruit. Look again, the last part of Jeremiah 17, verse 8, with roots that reach deep in the water, such trees are not bothered. We're not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. So when you're planted, you produce fruit. What's, what's fruit? The Apostle Paul talked about this in the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians. He called the, fruit, called the fruits of the Spirit. It's not our own natural uh, fruits. It's a, the spiritual fruit that comes from God. So in other words, when we're connected to the spiritual vine... God produces spiritual fruit that Paul said would be love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. So when you're planted, all these good things come up even if you're in very difficult times. It's, 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 it's almost unusual. If you're in a very difficult season, love still comes out. Joy still comes out. You can't even explain it. Joy comes out in the middle of a trial. And you can consider it pure joy, right, whenever you face trials and difficult times because you're planted, James says. And God is, God is doing something special in you even in the midst of it because of your roots. They're going down deep and there's fruit that's coming out even in the midst of it. So then you recognize that these fruits are not just for you, that your love blesses other people and your joy can be contagious and your peace is attractive and your faithfulness builds relationships and suddenly you, you realize I am planted and I'm making a difference and then you just get this taste, this little call of, you know, it's, it's like this, it's almost like this um, a Christian fix. <laughs> you know, I wanted you to just try just a little bit, but this is what you were created for. You know, just to just try to, to and pray for somebody. Just just give to somebody. Just make a difference. Just be a voice of encouragement. You know, just come and serve somewhere and, you know, have a sixth grade boy come up to you and say, you know, I don't have a father at home, but you're like a dad to me. And just welcome somebody who looks different and say, you know, I was so, they, so, they come and they say, I was so afraid to come, but, you know, you welcomed me and you made this feel like family for me. And then you get that, that thrill that you're planted and, and you're doing something in the kingdom of God and you were made for this. God put that seed in you and it's growing. So then maybe you miss a week and you have somebody in, in, the, in the, the class or the small group that you're in, you reach out to you and say, where were you? I missed you. You know, is everything okay? And then you realize I'm getting some roots in this place. That, that this isn't just a place where I go to church, but this is family and I'm needed here. And God needs me to do what he created me to do. In this place, and I'm known, and I'm loved, and I'm planted in the house of God. Then you recognize I'm not just saved from my sins. I'm saved for the glory of God and for his purposes to make a difference in this world. So there's such a difference, isn't there, between just going to church, which is not God's highest calling for you, and being planted in the house. 
Who is it that flourishes? Only a seed that is planted can grow and flourish. So how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we perhaps, you know, from where you are to where God wants you to be, how do you make that switch? I have a goal, something that I, that I, that I helped uh, launch at, at Pine Valley to, to start hosting uh, eventually, and I'm not worried about it in the next coming weeks or anything, but I, I would like to, to have a Finding Your Destiny growth track that we have here, because if you're a seed, we want to help you grow and plug in. It's simply just an, an on-road, you know, an, an in-road to the to, to gatherings that say, you know, hey, if you want to get planted and find out more about how you can use your gifts, come and hang out with us, and we'll talk about it. Um, and so maybe we'll have some food. We can invite some people into our church family, and we can say to them, you know, we, we want to get to know you. We want to get to know you, and we want to hear your spiritual story because everybody's story is a little bit different, right? And we want to help you find your place to connect, and we want you to feel welcome, and we want this to be your home. We want this to feel like a family, and we want you to know that you're making a difference. And if this isn't the right place for you, then we want to help you find another great church because there's other great churches in Rapid City, right? And so this is exactly what I, I want you to, uh, to say to you today. <laughs> is let's do it. It's time. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's time. Do, do we really think, here's the question, that we can find a way through all the spiritual opposition and, and, and fighting off the temptation of the devil by just being a passerby? Do we really think that when we spend more on coffee than we give to the work of God or people in need that we're going to become true disciples? Do we really think that when we spend more time on Instagram in a day than we spend on serving others in a week that we're really going to be conformed to the image of Christ? I think it's time to be planted. And I just want to say this to you. It's, if, if it's not Destiny Foursquare Church, that's okay. If you try to get plugged in here and, you, like, you, you know, you've really tried and you can't, and you say, well, I grew up with Sunday school and we just don't do Sunday school, that's fine. We'll find you one with Sunday school that fills you up, right? <laughs> I, or if you like shorter worship. <laughs> or if you like the preacher that wears a robe, we'll, we'll, we'll find you one. There's, there's plenty around. We'll get you plugged in. But, um, you know, how are you doing? Bro, I'm flourishing. <laughs> I'm, I'm thriving, life's not perfect, but my roots are deep, my faith is strong, my brothers and sisters are praying for me, I'm needed, I'm loved, I'm a part of something, and I don't go to a building because I am the church, I am God's ambassador in the world, I don't just go to a building, I assemble and then I go out strengthened, I go out equipped, I go out stirred up because I'm planted. You say, well, I, 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 went, I went three weeks in a row, and I tried, and nothing happened. Well, listen, it, it, it takes some time for a tree to grow, doesn't it? I, it takes time. And so, you know, we, we're talking about the seed. Let me just use uh, these five examples really, really quick. It's going to take just a few minutes. What does it take? Five things really quick for a tree to flourish. It takes soil. It takes light. It takes water takes temperature and it takes time so take soil it's the good soil in your heart you're made of dirt right it's the good soil in your heart it takes light that's the word of God the word of God is a lamp into your feet a light into your path it takes water Jesus is the living water who washes away and renews our soul and it takes temperature the fire the Holy Spirit that warms the seed that's planted in your heart. And it takes time.
So you've probably heard this before. When is the best time to plant a tree? <laughs> the answer is 20 years ago. When is the best time for you have been planted in the house of the Lord? 20 years ago. When's the next best time? Today, right now. Now is the time because God wants you to flourish like an evergreen. Like the stable, strong cedar or the victorious and triumphant palm. Only those who are planted in the house of the Lord are those who can truly flourish in all that God has for you. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Father, once again, we just acknowledge um, who you are, the creator, the giver of all life. God, you're the one that you know us better than anyone. You know us better than ourselves. So God, help us to see, Lord, that you created us to be family, to be planted, to, to take root. And give us the desire, Lord, not just to be a part of an organization or a group that meets in a building, but God, the, the family of God planted. Help our roots to grow down deep. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been hearing all this language about being planted in the seed that good father is, is put in you and you're just saying well I, I, that's all new to me it's all news to me and if you're here this morning and you haven't invited Jesus to be a part of your story I'm, I just want to tell you this morning that he'll give you a new story, he'll give you a, a new life and trials and troubles may come but he's forever faithful If you feel like that's you this morning, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, would you just raise your hand, just in an acknowledgement? We, we just want to pray with you this morning. Is there anybody here? Would you just raise your hand so I can see it? Thank you, Lord. Let's stand. God, we just pray in a prayer agreement. Lord, let our roots grow down deep. We want to be like a tree. How do we say we need each other? How do we say we, we first seek you, God, above all else? God, as we seek you, Lord, we're called to love others. God, help us to grow together as a family. Lord, help, help us. Lord, just give us a passion. Just give us a passion in this house to go down deep, to be planted. And God, as we do that, We know that you'll be faithful to give us the joy of seeing the fruit because your promises are good and they're always. So we say yes. Plant us deep here this morning. God, in your mighty, mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning.